MS-13 back in our country. I'll call you back. I have to help these guys. Where in Rima, 7 till 9, News Talk 550, KTSA, and FM 1071. <laughs> yeah, send them back, please, uh, with a check. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> hey, man. Hey, man. How you doing? How are you? Pretty good. I'm, I'm great. We were, we were just talking about 420. This is the day every year you get to see stoners token all day long. Uh, do they still call it's it the token, national, by the way? National Marijuana hol- Holiday. Uh, yeah. Uh, Willie's having a weed right. summit. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure, I'm sure well, a lot will be accomplished there. <laughs> I, I, I was telling you, because we were joking. It's like you, you came on and you said, it's 420. It's not a day that means anything to you. <laughs> Meeting me. <laughs> and I said, well, you know. Uh, I, I, I just, I'll, I'll finish my story. I was telling Sean a story off the air. When I was in school, I was the biggest social. We had socials no. and heads. Okay. No. Is that, was that common in school back Shocking. then? So that's huh? what we had. Cr- cr- was that common in school, socials and we, heads? We had, we had potheads. We had jocks. We had, uh, uh, you know, the rough kids. And, uh, and that was okay. it. Yeah. And the nerds. Was I, was, Kruger- I was the nerd. <laughs> This was Kruger Middle School, right. right around the corner from the radio station in 1978 or so, and I was head of the socials, man. I was the chief social jock, all that kind of. And no. then there was the head of the stoners. There was the head right. of the stoners, right? He punched me one day. Sucker punched me. I was walking in class, had my hands with full of books. He walks up and just punched me right in the mouth, right? So I said, oh, well, this isn't going to fly. So, <laughs> you know, I opened up a can of whoop-ass, and we went to town right there in school. Well, apparently, Buck Barrow, Buck Barrow, you heard me, Buck Barrow, just like the TV show, he was the principal of the movie, and he believed that there was going to be a war at Kruger Middle School between the heads and the socials. So he calls us in in March, in March, beginning of March, right? and he says, the two of you are done. We're gonna, I'm going to average up your grades, and you all go home before there's a war in the school. Uh, this is your punishment. I said, I'm starting summer in March. That's my punishment? Great. Thanks very much. Hurt me some more, please. More punishment. <laughs> I'm just finding awesome. it hard to believe that the potheads would want to fight. You know what I mean? It's just not. It's not like something oh, they normally want to do. They normally want to like take he hot did. baths and watch yeah. movies and stuff. <laughs> Eat some Cheetos. <laughs> Eat some Cheetos. Chill. I don't but, get it. I don't right. understand. But he walked wow. up, you know, unprovoked. I didn't cause anything. He just walked right. up and punched me in the mouth. So no, 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 no. Daddy don't roll that way. Uh-uh. <laughs> punch me in the mouth. We we gonna open up a can of whoop so, ass. That's what we did. We. Needless no. to say, Trey's anyway. not going to be like hitting the bong all day in celebration of 420. <laughs> thinking that's not going to happen. I don't know why. <laughs> no, yeah. no, that 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 won't happen. No, but uh, I, I may do something else. I, I ride the motorcycle for a while today. That'll there you go. that's that's my dope right there. I'm telling right, you. Right. There you go. Um, so I watched every word of the Chauvin closing arguments yesterday. Didn't miss one. And. Uh, I just think, number one, I'll just give you a couple of quick thoughts and then you can riff away, but I, I just think, number one, there's a lot of, of um, reasonable doubt. I think the defense did a really good job yesterday. Um, th- they planted reasonable doubt about whether or not Chauvin was just doing his job and doing what any reasonable officer would have done that day. Uh, a whole lot of evidence that didn't come up in the trial about the uh, health condition and lack thereof of George Floyd having 95% blockage in one of his arteries, 75% in another one of his arteries, having heart trouble, having hypertension and high blood pressure already, being on dope, being on uh, fentanyl, being on meth, and uh, having an encounter with the cops before he even hit the ground. He was screaming he couldn't breathe, which is typical to somebody who's having some sort of heart arrhythmia or a heart attack. And uh, and they just brought all that stuff out, you know, said, here's, here's the reason doubt for you and served up a plate full of reasonable doubt the the prosecution did a good job too i don't take anything away from them they did a good job as well but at the end of the day sean it's not gonna matter because it's not about cops on blacks this is the marxist revolution i happen to believe my opinion the bricks and the fireworks and the water bottles are all pre-positioned they could give him 10,000 years under the jail, and they're still going to go crazy with whatever the, the verdict is. And you were saying you think it's going to happen quickly. Well, I, I don't know. My, my, I, I have, it's, hard, it's impossible to predict, but I, you know, my, my thought was, well, if I'm a juror, jurist in that pool, I want to get the hell out of there. <laughs> I want to get it done and get out of there. So I don't know. Maybe yeah. not. It could go on for a week. Who knows? 
Uh, I, yeah. I got. I watched most of it. I had some things I had to do, but I watched it. Uh, I thought the defense did a really good job of showing video and describing the events leading up to the encounter. Uh, the prosecution pretty much focused on the encounter itself, and I thought uh, sort of telling the story of the cops just coming up on on the scene and, and showing the video from their cameras uh, in that regard was was uh, was effective. Uh, I, you know, I the question is, should Chauvin have testified? Um, I know Jack had a local judge on last night who was saying that there was no real emotional connection and maybe having Chauvin take the stand, which is always kind of a dicey venture anyway, but might have humanized him a little bit, whereas we really have never heard the man's voice or really heard him talk, you know, just as a person. So I, I kind of think maybe that might have helped them a little, but uh, I think you're right. I think uh, I think uh, the odds are, are pretty much stacked already against him. Uh, I, I I like the judge's uh, comments about Maxine Waters. Uh, I thought that was I, I'm glad he said something. Uh, he is trusting the the jurors to uh, you know not watch the news as instructed. So he's trusting the jury that they haven't been. I mean I, that's kind of hard to believe for me, but. That's what he said. He said uh, the only effect maybe her words could have would be on appeal. But, uh, uh, you know, who knows? We'll see. <laughs> we'll see what happens. <laughs> well, you're, you're right about the judge. He was not happy. And he he told no. the defense, uh, Maxine Waters just gave you a great appeal. So right. you, you just take what she said and use it on appeal. Because, you know, as I said yesterday, she was tampering with the jury, as far as I'm concerned, influencing the jury, as far as I'm concerned, by going a 1,000 miles out of out of her way. You know, there's, there's another side to Chauvin taking the stand that everybody needs to keep in mind as well had he taken the stand that would have opened up his past record with the police department every memo that's in there every reprimand yeah, that would be would in there destroyed right. exactly and they would have decimated him they would have right. ripped him apart without the opportunity for him to be able to defend himself on those points or rehabilitate himself the the prosecution just would have said you know in 19 1997. Right. You know, there's a there's a notation in your file because you, you know that kind of thing, and he he can't do anything to rebut that and refute that. So that, like you said, it's a double edged sword. It's a dangerous thing for you to take the stand. And most times, the defense attorney will say, "Nope, don't don't yeah. do that." Because once the prosecution risky. gets up there, they'll rip you. To, yeah, exactly. You so, can give the greatest you know, testimony knows? ever, and then uh, it'd be destroyed on cross, and, and that's. <laughs> Never happens. Particularly in a case like this, right. when it's already baked in. I mean, he's going to be convicted of something. It's already done. Right. I don't know. We'll see. I, I really think it's hard to predict. I have no idea. It, it is really hard to predict how that jury's going to, what they're going to find. Um, is there going to be violence one way or the other? More than likely, you know. Because, because look, Maxine Waters and I, you know, I misspoke yesterday when I was talking about Murder One, and she did as well because he's not charged with Murder One. Correct. Uh, and if he doesn't get, you know, a thousand years in jail, uh, they'll react. So there'll be a reaction of some kind. I think you're right. I think probably the bricks are already stacked, and the mm -hmm. caches of uh, bottles of pee fireworks. and stuff are and fireworks are already, you know, in position. Right. Uh, the governor, as I mentioned, has you know laid out nine million dollars for additional security uh, in and around Minneapolis. So, you know, it's these these are strange, damn times in which we live. And it's one thing I say a lot, and I, it's probably not a good thing for a talk show host to say, but there's so much of our world right now that is extraordinarily hard to predict, and I think this is one of them. Uh, uh, as far as how they'll actually find, I, I don't know. We'll have to wait and see. I I do think, and I, you know, prob I might be wrong, but I do think they're going to do it fairly quickly. Um, right. You know, but uh, th that could be totally off base as well. It could be there for the next you know week or so. So who if, knows, if, man? If just one of those jurors, and I said this last week, if one of the, if just one is looking for reasonable doubt, they all have to. They all are right. obligated by the law. If one, just one is looking for reasonable doubt, there's plenty there for for them to find. Uh, I I don't know that they're going to find enough for a full acquittal, but to get down to a manslaughter charge, yes, and and that will burn the cities as well. Um, and and I think he was really smart yesterday too, in giving up his right to a jury on the punishment phase as well. 
right. and and let the judge do that because I believe this judge, from what I've seen through this entire trial and particularly yesterday, he's a fair-minded, smart judge. He runs a good court. The only criticism I have of this judge through the entire trial was yesterday the defense was making their case. He was doing a really great job on the health aspects of George Floyd and the judge stopped him because the jury had not eaten all day. And mm. I had I had just told a friend, I was texting a friend during the whole thing and I just told this friend that jury is getting hangry <laughs> right about now. <laughs> They're sitting there going blood sugar's low baby you know, so it's a double-edged sword because once they eat, they come back and they want to go sleep. So, you know, you want to keep them while you're on the roll. And the judge just abruptly, I right. mean, out of clear blue, he didn't even say, uh, Mr. Nelson, would you like to take a break so they can go eat? You know, that kind of thing. Right. He just went, that's it. Right. We'll be back in 20 minutes. <laughs> Wait, hold on. Time out. You know? and, and it, yeah, it kind of disturbed his role there. Yeah, it kind of disturbed his role there. You know, that's hard yep. to get back to even for, a you know, a, a good attorney. So. I don't know, man. We'll see. We shall see. But uh, uh, I, I just wonder, you know, depending on whether it's manslaughter or, or what it is, what it ends up being, murder two or whatever they're charging him with. That you know, it, 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 what sucks about these situations is that other people die. In the George Floyd uh, riots, other people died. Many of them African Americans, uh, and had their businesses destroyed. Um, and so, you know, I, I, with the, with the, with the throng, with the, with the mob in the streets, you know, I don't think they really have a point. You know, I, I think their point is just having an excuse to tear the crap out of any given city that they're in and take whatever they want to take and burn stuff and throw stuff at the cops. And that's what they're going to want to do. And it sucks because you, you compound whatever the original crime was, whether, you know, there was an actual crime. And other people suffer as a result, and have, and most of the time they're folks in these uh, in in predominantly black neighborhoods. That's why they tend to be the ones screaming the loudest about, "No, we don't want the cops defunded. We want more cops." So I, these are just very violent and reactionary times, and it's it sucks. It's a shame because uh, I you know I think you're right. I think once uh, the verdict comes comes down, whatever it is, there's still going to be trouble. There's still going to be nonsense. There's still going to be violence. And people's lives will be destroyed, and that sucks. You know, as far as those people who would do the rioting, most of them, most of them have not watched one minute of this trial or the no. closing arguments or anything. Not, not a minute of it. They, they just wouldn't understand hear, it if they did. Nah, they, <laughs> and, and, and they're not paying any attention. That, that's that's really frustrating about this too, because if they looked at it objectively, they'd say, you know, I don't know about that. But and and I'm not defending him, but I'm just saying it, people need to 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 be open to, before you run off and start blowing stuff up. You need to do your own research, okay? And the, and the second thing is, uh, if he's put into the general pop in a prison, oh man, uh, uh, there's no way he doesn't make it. He doesn't make there's it. There's no he way he doesn't make it. He doesn't make it. He doesn't make They'd it. They'd have to They're keep gonna, him uh, separate. Solitary. They'd have to. Solitary. Solitary. Locked up. And that's just, uh, that's that's no existence for a human being. Quick break. More Wear and Rima coming right up here on KTSA Alamo Water Softeners. Alamo Water Softeners is awesome. What a great family. What a great crew at Alamo Water Softeners. And you know, when I talk about Alamo Water Softeners, I'm speaking from experience being their first customer. <laughs> Alan Townsend came to me and said, I'm building this company. I said, sell me one. And I already had one that he sold me from Brand X, but I knew Alan really, really well, so I wanted to support him, and I wanted to support the family. And look at this. So many years later now, man, they're one of the most successful water softening companies on the planet, but not just water softening. You know, a lot of times you've got stuff in your water that you don't need in your water. It's bad stuff to have in your water, and you need it out. And they've got great water filtration systems at Alamo Water Softeners as well. So not only can they soften your water, they can do a water analysis and if you need a water filtration system, they'll handle that too. At Alamo Water Softeners, they're online, alamowatersofteners.com and on the phone, 210-274-6122 for Alamo Water Softeners. AccuWeather forecast, um, going to be mostly sunny today with a high near 83. Nice day, but then a cold front going to blow through around dinner time tonight. And you're going to feel it. It's going to be much cooler tonight and tomorrow, about 72 for the high. And then Thursday, breezy and a shower and 67. Friday, a chance of storms, actually. And Saturday and Sunday look... This is Scott Robbins. Stay connected with News Talk 550 KTSA and FM 1071 on Facebook, Twitter, and online at KTSA.com. Just says my words don't matter.
Yeah, about this time yesterday, uh, Stephen Broderick was being arrested out there between Manor and Elgin, walking down the road. Uh, and we're now finding out. I was a guest on Lars' show last night. We're now finding out more about this. Uh, apparently, his 35-year-old estranged wife, Amanda, was one that he killed. 17-year-old daughter, Alyssa. 18-year-old boyfriend, Willie Simmons III, who was a promising football star, rising football star. And they had a, the couple had a son. And he was not there on Sunday, so he's still alive. Uh, basically, what happened apparently, and we're getting this from media accounts, Austin American Statesman, KXA, and other places who have done some investigating into this. Uh, she, the wife, called the cops on him sometime last year for sexual assault of a family member, uh, a, a youngster in the family. And he did 16 j- days in jail. He posted bond. He got out. The judge allowed him to take the monitor off after a few months instead of having to keep the monitor on. She called the cops again and said, hey, look, I think this guy's dangerous. I think he can, can kill us, and uh, we need to do something about this. Well, we see what happened on Sunday. He is uh, charged now with killing his wife, his daughter, actually stepdaughter, and her boyfriend, mm-hmm. and then uh, taken off and, and walking. So one of those domestic uh, situations that, again, reminds us that we don't need more gun laws. We need less gun laws so that people can protect themselves from killers. Well, and I heard you mention this earlier, and uh, uh, it's unfortunately something that I've you know seen happen to people I've known, in that a relationship goes south, uh, and a, a usually it's uh, a, the woman who uh, is afraid of the ex because he's violent or he's threatened her. And uh, she may be in a state where it's hard to get a gun, and while she's waiting to get the gun, the you know these these restraining orders don't do anything to stop anybody from doing anything they want to do. And uh, I saw this happen to, to a, a friend of mine in Colorado, uh, where waiting for you know to get to, to get some a weapon for herself and learn how to use it, you know, a guy even though there was a restraining order, guy showed up and and you know bad stuff happened. So, you know, I think you're right, especially in that kind of a situation. You know this as well, that law enforcement will tell you their least favorite, if you will, uh, uh, incident or, or scene to be called to is domestic violence. Because you well, just course, don't know what's going to happen. You have no what's going to happen. You have no what's going to happen. You have no idea what's going to happen when you walk in. Uh-huh. Right. And, it's the worst. Uh, ten, it's the worst yeah. situation. So, so you know, uh, and, and, and I'm not talking about this case in particular. I'm just talking about overall domestic situation. You cannot, uh, you, we should not be forcing a woman uh, or, or a guy too, because sometimes it's, it's women that oh, go yeah. crazy as well. Uh, yeah. We cannot, we should not be forcing them to wait to get their gun. Uh, we, we should immediately, immediately, and there's a story in the paper today, which I'm included in. They put me in the story, but there's a story in the paper today about uh, constitutional carry. We should get that done right away and level the playing field. Because right now, the scales are tipped toward the lawbreakers and the criminals because they carry without a permit. They're already carrying without a permit. And the rest of us ought to be able to do the same thing. News break, back in a minute. This is Jack Riccardi. Stay connected to News Talk 550 KTSA and FM 1071 on Facebook, Twitter, and online at KTSA.com. They're sending us not their best people. They're sending us people that in many cases, not in all cases, are murderers, drug dealers, human traffickers, really bad rapists, really bad people. They're sending us people from their prisons. Those people are coming into our country. Hey, I challenge you, Joe Biden, to do what Donald Trump did last night. Go 60 minutes nose to nose with Sean Hannity without notes and without any kind of aid of any kind to prop you up he can't do it sean he cannot that was the first no, thing i thought last night watching no that. he can't he, he really nah. can't. He, you know if he can get 15 minutes together he's he's you know he's uh he's besting himself so i you know he, he, he couldn't come down from the residence to meet the japanese prime minister so right. he, he's not trump couldn't even said bothered. that last he night he, he's he's not the one running the country <laughs> trump even used our well, favorite word cabal <laughs> Well, here's yeah. here's a here's here's a, an example of that for you. Over the weekend, Joe Biden is out 
trying to hit the golf ball, and he calls the border situation a crisis, which is it's not that anymore. It is an absolute disaster, is what it is. But he called it a crisis, and you know the rabble who's running the show, they have been very careful to not call it that, right? They've never called right. it a crisis. So he calls it a crisis. Well, Jen Psaki, <laughs> she comes back yesterday, and she said, and she says. Um, he didn't mean to call it a crisis. It's not a crisis. And he missed, but the president misspoke. Now, here's what I'm saying. She's, she doesn't get to tell the president what to call it. He's the president, right? Unless he's not. Unless the rabble, meaning, the, you know, Soros and Obama and that whole crew, got a hold of her and said, hey, uh, Jen, you need to go out there and clean that one up. He made a mess. He gets the car. He gets the airplane. All of that kind of stuff. He ain't running a show, babe. He's not it's, running a show. It's really weird. I mean, that was really weird. The president misspoke. So the press secretary is now, is now she's not, she's not, correct. Th- their the gig president. is to tell you what the president's policies are and what the president's reactions are, not to give the president reactions and words to say. You're not supposed to tell us, you're not supposed to tell him through us what he supposed to, is supposed to say there, Jen. That's not really she's a gig, sweetheart. She's correcting correcting the president. That was weird, man. (laughs) She's obnoxious. (laughs) Yeah, no, that's it's the whole presidential crew that's running the show. And he said, "Jen, you need to go out there and and fix him." Uh, Good luck, because you're gonna, you know, if he sticks around for four years, you guys are gonna have a fun time. Oh man, full time job. Okay, so you're gonna love this. I told you you're gonna love this pop pop culture story. So imagine George Bailey. With a Coca-Cola bottle in his hand. Or or at the Bates Motel, there's a Hershey's billboard there. Or in Mortimer Brewster's house, Peter Pan peanut butter jar. Now, here's the deal. Product placement is big. Product placement is something that a lot of pe- most people are familiar with. That's where, let's just say, Nestle's pays a movie company, movie production company, a boatload of money to have the character somewhere along the way eat a Hershey bar. Or, right. or you know, uh, Wheaties box is is right. in the kitchen when somebody walks to the kitchen to get a cup of coffee. That's product placement. Well, because of CGI and modern technology. No. no. Go ahead. <laughs> they're going back to the old no. classics. Casablanca, no. as a matter of fact. Are uh, you serious? No, it gets better. You're going to love this. I told you you'd love this story. And they're doing product placement in the movies, and because the technology is so advanced, they can make it look like, you know, a Coca-Cola bottle, and he's enjoying Coca-Cola then, right? And and, and what it is is it's nothing but product placement, because in the original movie, he didn't enjoy it. Or on the on the shelf in the back, there can be a, a, a box of Tide uh, in, 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 in the Bates Motel. There's, they're using Tide Are to they clean really, shirts. Are they really doing the, this? Wow! Oh my God, that's terrible. Movie companies, movie companies are selling this to advertisers to go back and do that. Oh, but it gets <sighs> it gets even creepier. So advertisers are putting new labels on the champagne bottles in Rick's Cafe and Gazaranga. You know that's Moam, right? That's Moam uh, champagne. I have a couple of the exact bottles. Thank you, John Sadie, from that from that time from that movie, and, because that's my favorite movie of all time. I got a movie poster right there on that wall from that movie. Well, they're going back and they're changing the labels on the champagne bottle because somebody else is buying the label on the champagne bottle oh but it gets it gets better they're going back i was asking both of you you and chris off the air your favorite music video chris said well maybe smooth criminal by michael jackson you said one by the nine inch nails they're going back and doing product placement in in those past videos like if you're a a mtv fan from back in the day they're doing product placement in the videos oh but wait because of the al gore rhythms they're able to now find out what it is that you like, right? They find that out through your social media, what it is you like, and they're matching the ad in the movie, even the classic movie, with what you like. They're pairing it up. So if you if you like champagne, right, they're gonna and a particular brand of champagne, they're gonna advertise that particular brand of champagne in that classic movie. Or if you're a teetotaler, they won't be drinking champagne at Rick's. They'll have some fizzy water. It'd be opening oh, that's the top. That's just insane, man. It's nothing on a, sacred on a water anymore. Bottle. It's nothing sacred. 
It's like putting a, a a jar of Jif in the Mona Lisa's hand. You know, I mean, that's just it's... no. That's what they said. They said peanut butter in in some of these older movies. Peter Pan peanut butter. I hate everything. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, that's just awful. That's just wrong on so many different levels, man. Is nothing sacred? Is art not sacred anymore to anyone in any regard? You know, I mean. Just that 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 is so. I I was the guy who hated when they colorized black and white movies. You know, I remember those days from a hundred years ago when they first started colorizing the old black and whites. I'm like, don't alter it. Just leave it. It's somebody's vision, man. It's somebody's artwork. But it doesn't matter anymore. And I, that's just. I can't believe that. That's insane, so- man. The reason they're doing it, and the reasons that some of these older artists are doing it to their videos, let's just take, I'm not saying Peter Gabriel's doing it, but that's what was a bumper that Chris just played, right? Sledgehammer. Let's just say that nobody's really watching that video anymore. Nobody's really listening to that song or downloading that song anymore or whatever. So Peter wants some money. So he goes back, and they redo the video. And during the video, while all that claymation stuff is all dancing around and whatever's in that video that way, they mix in a jar of Peter Pan, and Peter Pan pays him a ton of money, General Foods or whoever it is. You see what I'm saying? You need it that bad, Pete. (laughs) Well, oh, my God, that's horrible. And the same thing with the the movies. If the movie is not renting well and, you know, they're a little psycho, it's a bad year for psycho and people aren't watching it, well, they can put a Budweiser in his hand, you know, before he goes and kills mom. A knife in one hand and a Budweiser in the other. (laughs) Bush. Come on. That's just, that's stupid. That's such a bad idea. There's nothing uh-huh. good about that idea, you uh-huh. know. And you know me; I'm pretentious as hell, man. I'm artsy fartsy, and I, I once a work is created, leave it alone. Don't alter it. So the fact that they would alter it just to make a few extra bucks by putting, you know, <laughs> again a jar of Jif in the Mona Lisa's hand is just—it's—it's uh, it's disgusting to me. I hate that. And idea. so that's a hard that, that one. That- that one that you just gave, that would be an obvious. That'd be like a parody, right? They're doing it where it's not so obvious. You you won't oh, yeah. be able to tell because they're going to use an for for the Coke analogy, you know, our example. They would use an old style bottle, and right. you know, here's a you know whoever from an old movie. Here's Warren Beatty from a 1971 movie. You know, drinking a Coke or whatever, what, whatever the whatever the product is, or walking into a Motel Six, and Motel Six didn't exist back then, but he's walking into a Motel Six. That's where they're going to stay. We're just <laughs> we're erasing the past on so many different levels. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's how yes, that feels to me. True. Just erasing mm-hmm. the past. The past is meaningless. If you can squeeze a few extra bucks by putting a Pepsi can in somebody's hand in an old movie, then oh God, that's I can't believe people would be in favor of that. And they're doing it. And 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 what's you know what's what's really scary about this CGI stuff is putting people in precarious positions that they were never in, right? Or maybe right. even a criminal position they were never in. So right. we've talked about how you know the, one of the hot things on the web right now is they're taking mainstream uh, actresses and putting them on porn star bodies right and they and, and you know it's a C, well they are and the cg right. cgi aspect of that now you've got so and so a list actress doing porn when she never was anywhere near a porn set right, right. uh and, and, they and never so they me. can take well <laughs> maybe they will now uh but there happy are go ahead <laughs> yeah but there are uh, there are, say, politicians, right? Right. That you could put in a, you know, some sort of compromising place, and they were never there. That'll or be a, a new a cottage industry, and they'll, they'll they'll come up with some kind of program where you can debug stuff like that. You know what I mean? If that if that got to be a really horrible problem, but it is scary because the the technology is such you really can't tell. You really can't tell. Can't tell. Nope. No way, man. Crazy. You don't know. Okay, uh, quick break. At RoofFixSA.com. And we had the policy, the ban. We had a ban, which was a great thing from very dangerous countries. They're ending the ban. They've already ended it. It's Ware and Rima, Trey Ware, Sean Rima. Weekday morning, 7 to 9, right here, KTSA, where we just look at the river of bull stuff as it goes by and talks about it. What you got, man? Demi Lovato is upset with a frozen yogurt store in L.A. uh, Because they sell sugar-free cookies and sugar-free yogurt. And it's triggering to her. (laughs) 
okay. because people with eating disorders feel bad when they see stuff that says it's sugar-free. So she wants them to make sure they distinguish between diet foods and health needs because it's it, it's triggering to her because she had an eating disorder at one point. Uh, she said the whole experience was triggering and awful. You can carry things for other people while also caring for another percentage of your customers who struggle daily just to even set foot in your store. Uh, you can always find a way to provide an inviting environment for all people with different needs, including eating disorders. So now it's called diet culture, and it makes people feel bad. Now, Remember in the old days when everything had to go sugar-free and diet this and diet that? Now that's offensive, Trey. It is now offensive for people with eating disorders to to cast their gaze upon a sugar or you know sugar uh, a free product or a diet product, and they have to be labeled properly. Uh, and Demi Lovato wants this frozen yogurt place to do better in the future. So here's the problem. Here's the problem with liberals. This is how liberals roll. Everything. <laughs> This, well, yeah, but this is how they roll. So it affects her. It triggers her. So she wants to ruin it for everybody else because it affects her. Hey, hon, if it affects you and you're triggered by it, well, then just stay away from it. Don't look at it. But quit <laughs> screwing it up for everybody else. Well, you know, that's how the liberals that... just can't. Liberals can't say, "Hey, man, it it bothers me." Uh, so I'm just gonna, you know, manage my own expectations and stay away from it myself. They gotta screw it up for other people too. They gotta mess everything. You liberals gotta mess up everything in the world, don't and you? Who you gets gotta screw up everything. Triggered by sugar-free yogurts. Well, if you get you triggered know, by sugar-free yogurt, you have much deeper problems. Yes. Than whatever eating disorder you may have had, sweetheart. You know, I mean, that's a little intense. She's the one who got the butch haircut this week because she didn't want to identify with any gender. Right. So that tells you who she is. Yeah. Warren Ryman continues after. Failure to do so, I think, is abhorrent. I'll call you back. I have to help these guys. Warren Ryman, 7 till 9, News Talk 550, KTSA, and FM 1071. Uh, that, by the way, is my brother uh, Billy Gibbons answering a phone call during a recording session and saying, I'll call you back. i got to help these guys. So that if you're wondering who that is or what that is, we're still getting emails. What is that? What is that? What, what is that? And so, Billy uh, Gibbons. And uh, on my Facebook page, um, we were just talking about uh, this uh, number one uh, thing that I had uh, had most, most hits on or something. Uh, guys like 600 pounds riding a little motorcycle. So I... <laughs> What's this? <laughs> And he's all cracked up. So it's all it's all it's cracked up to be. Check it out. Uh, <laughs> go take a look. <laughs> Is so, the picture on your Facebook wall, you mean? Yes. Oh, yes. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll yeah, check yeah. it out. I'll check it out. So um, yesterday I watched. I didn't want to miss any of the closing arguments. I, I've been, you know, getting the wrap-ups at the end of the day on the, the, the Chauvin trial and digging into wherever I needed to do more research. But I didn't want to miss one second of closing argument, so I watched the whole thing yesterday from green flag to checkered flag, and uh, it was pretty amazing to watch. I thought, first of all, I thought the prosecution did a pretty decent job yesterday. I thought they really did uh, bring some things forward that uh, you know needed to be thought about, contemplated. But then when the defense got up there, he was rocking it. And I think he introduced all kinds of uh, reasonable doubt because he focused a lot on Chauvin doing, you know, following department policy and witnesses that actually appeared during the trial, trial and said that he was following policy, right? And um, then he got into the health of George Floyd and started to talk about his drug abuse years, uh, that which continued to his death. He was on drugs when he when he died. Um, that you know probably had a heart condition. They know that he had hypertension. They know that he had blocked arteries going in and out of his heart. That any kind of stressful situation like that could exacerbate a heart attack, a heart arrhythmia, or something along those lines. So he. That was enough reasonable doubt that if there was one objective juror, and I don't know where you found an objective juror out of everything that we've heard for a year, that there would be reasonable doubt that would be there. I don't think it's going to matter because I think the whole thing about uh, at least there's a manslaughter there, you know, because it's obvious he was there, his actions 
you know, were part of whatever happened to, to George Floyd. It's pretty uh, reasonable to assume that. But it's also reasonable, reasonable to say that he doesn't get the murder charge. He doesn't get the homicide charge. He doesn't get the, the, the stiffer charges. And he, and he gets something that's a little bit lesser. I think that that can happen, too. We don't know. We don't know. We have no idea where this is going to go. I just feel like, based on what we've seen so far after this happened, we've been dealing with this for a year, it's not about this. It's not about uh, police and black men. It's not about white and black. I happen to believe that what they've been doing on the streets of this country in Portland, Oregon, in Minnesota, and other places is more about a Marxist revolution, and that's why they attack stores free market and those kind of things than it is about police brutality so i you know i I think the bricks and all that stuff i think all that is pre-positioned just my opinion and uh you know i think it's gonna be rough i you know i don't know anymore i mean uh, because so much of the cancel culture and so much of the violence in the streets is uh kind of directly tied to to race and there's so many different levels of it that's tied to race whether it's, you know, an actor feeling he has to apologize to everyone because he did an Indian cartoon voice, or it's uh, justice for George Floyd, and if we don't get what we want, then we're going to tear the town up. It's all this white privilege stuff. It's just race, 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 race. I don't, I don't really believe that the, the people in the streets are pure Marxists. I, I, I think they're thugs, and I think any excuse they can get to tear the snot out of a town, they'll take it doesn't mean the architects of all of this whoever they may be are are you know influenced by marxism or communism or what have you but uh i i think you'd be hard pressed to find any of the punks in the streets that could even define marxism or communism i think for them it's a free-for-all that's why they ran off cnn the other day you know cnn was there covering them and they ran them off you know i mean uh, and hit hit one of the uh crew upside the head with a bottle of water so i I don't. I don't think it goes that deep with the people in the streets. I. I think. Uh, I, and I don't even know. I mean, uh, I don't. I don't know if it's pure Marxism or if it's, in a sense, social revenge, and we just need to marginalize Whitey as much as possible, uh, so he gets a taste of his own medicine. Sometimes it feels like that. More like that to me, than than trying to construct pure pure communism well, here. Y- Fascism, you do realize. Yeah. But, you know. Well, you do realize, as in so many things that you say and I say, it can be all of the above. You do realize, right? That. So it doesn't have. To, it does not have to be. And I, I would put forward that it's not one or the other. When Antifa shows up in Minneapolis because of this, that's Marxism. They're they're, they're Marxists. That's what they want. That's what they want to bring around is a Marxist revolution in the country. Uh, as far as the you know the dummies who are just gonna go out and throw bricks at stuff and they didn't even watch one second of this, you're right. You know that's just people who are looking for a reason to raise hell and uh, stick it to the man and I'm a big middle finger and right. you know all of that. Then you do have those that are mad about racism and this is their way of getting back. So I do think it's all of the above. But as far as the out and out, you know, going after, because look. The racist situation, it makes no sense to attack a mom-and-pop shop and steal a flat panel screen for that. Okay, That cures nothing concerning racism. But if you're wanting to destroy the middle class, you're wanting to destroy those mom-and-pop businesses, which these Marxists and our government are both involved in doing, if you want to do that, then that's exactly what you do. Because so many of those mom-and-pop businesses that were attacked last summer never came back. They're gone forever out of business and not coming back so it can be all of the above and i i believe that it is well i mean uh one thing we can be sure of is they're about it <laughs> it, it is happening whatever it is and uh you you look at uh it combined a lot of the the stuff that we're talking about with uh, an open border which you know if you yeah we've got tens of thousands that trump said last night tens of thousands of people coming over every Every month, every day, almost practically. Yeah. So right. I, you know, it, it's it's whatever it is, whatever the nefarious plot is, they are about it, and they don't even really give a crap that guys like you and me know it. No, <laughs> no we're deplorable. The closet man. We're domestic terrorists. We're yeah. you know we're a threat. We're uh, we're just, the evil white man. We're two honkies and, uh, on a radio, man. That's all we two, are. Two honkies two, on a radio. We're just two honkies on the radio. That's all we are. We need a, a honkies Greg, on the radio. We need a drop in. 
Greg, we need to drop in from our voice guy. Honky uh, radio. Two honkies right on the radio. Yeah, that's two what honkies on the radio. Hey, that's a great title. <laughs> did I? Isn't that great? It's uh, it's four twenty. I don't know if we mentioned that or not. Four twenty, and uh, I, so it's Christmas to some. To me, it's just another day. But, <laughs> right, you're not going to be hitting the bong uh, this afternoon after you get off the air. A what? A what? You don't even know what that is, do you? It's it's uh, a doorbell no. tray. It's a kind of doorbell. Uh-uh. No. <laughs> You know, the times that I've been with Willie, they've taken like 15 minutes before I walk in to clean up. So I have no idea what, you know, what they're cleaning up or hiding. But, uh, he, he recorded Steve Fromholtz record many years ago. I'd have to be crazy. And when I hear this song, I think about you. I really do. I think of, I'd have to be, I'd have to be crazy. Yeah. Why? Perfect. Well, (laughs) you think I'm nuts? You think I'm crazy? You think I'm nuts? You think I'm crazy? Well, well, yeah, I see how I think are. it's possible you could be crawling around on the ground, you know, crawling around on the at. ground. What in the hell? You just, how do we go from 420 <laughs> to me being so out of it? I'm crawling around on the ground. <laughs> you would love this. You would love this record. Chris, just play a little bit of it. Play a second of it. You'd call me a fool if I grabbed up the top hat. And ran out to flag down the wind. I have to be weird to grow me weird. Just to see what the rednecks would do. Isn't that great? But it has to be crazy to plumb out of my mind to fall out of love with you. You're going to love that record when you hear it all the way through. Okay, Chris, that's enough. It's a cool tune. You're going to love cool it. Tune. It's a great song, a great record. And Steve Ramos was a great writer. Right, right. Okay, I guess we'll take a break. and We'll come back on the other side. We've got some more stuff to kick up around here with Warren Rima on 420. Bridgehead IT, let's, uh, you know, when it comes to IT services, you got to get that right for your company, whether you've got a big, big company or a little bitty tiny operation. It doesn't matter. Bridgehead IT is here to serve your purposes and your needs to make sure your IT is right. And Bridgehead does it every time. So if you have already have like an IT division in your company and you've got guys that are doing that day-to-day, I can tell you they're overwhelmed, they're working hard, they're just treading water trying to get things done. Uh, Bridgehead can be their best assist to come in and help them so they can get their eyes above the waterline and take care of business for you. So give them a call at Bridgehead IT. They've been doing this for more than 25 years. Now, if you have a smaller mom-and-pop business, you know, you still have IT, right? you got cash registers, and you still got to pay taxes, and you still got to run computers and all that. But maybe you just need somebody to do that for you, you know, once a week or once a month or once a quarter or whatever. Well, Bridgehead does not have any contracts to sign. So there's no long-term marriage here, no commitment. And Bridgehead will earn your business with every job. Effective, smart IT solutions, Bridgehead IT, 210-477-7999. AccuWeather forecast, well, it's going to be nice today. Mostly sunny with a high of 83. Cold front coming through tonight. Going to be cooler, 72 tomorrow. Thursday, breezy and a shower in 67. And on Friday, a chance of storms. The weekend looks... San Antonio's news, traffic, and weather station. News Talk 550 KTSA and FM 1071. Roll me up and smoke me when I die. All right, so it's 821 at KTSA. It's where in Rima. We do this every weekday, 7 to 9. So what, what you got, man? Uh, well, I, I still was going to talk about 420 stuff. We didn't really get in, get into the the marijuana debate, but um, I, you know, I, I, it seems like more and more states are are going over to full legalization, uh, whether it's you know uh, medicinal or for recreational use as well. And uh, you know, I I just want to say I think I think this world could, especially this country right now, could use some legalized marijuana because we are all edgy. I look at all the car the shootings uh, every day. Almost on a daily basis here in San Antonio, we uh, we we had a, a wedding shot or a funeral shot up uh, yesterday, I believe, where folks who were there to memorialize, uh, I think it was a year the year passing, of somebody who lost their lives from the results of a shooting, and while they're there, a car shows up and uh, they start shooting at the people at the memorial service, and the people at the memorial service whip out their guns and start shooting back. It was an actual gunfight. Uh, you know, at a at a grave site in San Antonio, we all just need to chill out, man. <laughs> just need to chill out 
And, uh, you know, I do take uh, this day every year. I'll probably talk about this a bit on my show coming up in a bit. That, uh, you know, when you look at folks, and Willie will even say this, when you look at folks with depression, uh, our, our vets with PTSD, uh, especially uh, uh, during this pandemic, uh, people are getting loaded up on pills that they have to take for the rest of their lives, and the pills either don't work or the side effects are horrible. And I know I've talked to some vets uh, over the past few years who have gone outlaw, and they said, you know, I started smoking marijuana, and I was able to deal with my PTSD. Or there's somebody with pain management problems, and they're able to deal with their pain man- with their pain using legal weed, uh, or, or weed in general, whether it's legal or no, uh, as opposed to, you know, these opioids, which completely ruin people's lives. So, you know, I, I, hope, it, uh, I hope we get to the point. I don't, I don't know if Biden's capable or not uh, of doing anything, let alone legalizing or changing the designation at the, at the federal level. But I think it's time because we have more and more providers who, in a sense, are put in a very dangerous situation because they can't use the banking system. It's, an on, it's a cash-only business. And uh, I, I would like to see that designation changed uh, at the top level so it's not, you know, illegal or pro, pro, there's not a prohibition on it at the, at the federal level and see it uh, open up as a, as a, as a, as a more legalized uh, uh, business that uh, brings a lot of money in the, into the economy of any state uh, where this stuff uh, is legalized and uh, you get a nice tax base as well creates jobs <laughs> you know so i just there's my pitch for legalized weed plus you know what it's a safer and i i grew the the i used to know the guy uh, out of colorado who uh, started the organization called safer and their argument was that it's a safer recreational drug than pretty much anything anybody would do including alcohol so uh you know i hope we get there but uh, uh we'll see i don't know if biden Biden's kind of been back and forth on it for years, but that's Biden. He kind of uh, either goes with legalization or goes against it, depending on who he's talking to, <laughs> which is, you know, true of his entire career. But, uh, you know, 420, it's, it's nice to throw some, throw some good vibes out there uh, for, for continued legalization because the majority, it's a solid majority of folks across the country, and it's a solid majority here in Texas uh, for folks wanting it legal. So... We shall see. There's my pitch for legalization for this year. <laughs> and we'll, like I said, we'll talk a little, little bit more about it when we uh, next hour when uh, uh, you know I'm doing my show. I don't have a dog in the hunt one way or the other. Um, right. I, you know, I think you do you, and and that's the way I kind of live, try to try to live my life. I, I have felt like you know, if alcohol is legal and alcohol is can be horrible and devastating to people. Uh, especially when abused, obviously that goes without saying. And I think uh, if you've got alcohol legal, and and you don't have marijuana legal, I'd like to hear the explanation as to why one and not the other. And people will 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 call or email me and and make that explanation. What I'm curious about at this point, we have enough communities like Colorado, like Las Vegas like some other places that have legalized it now where it's been used consistently now in a legal setting do we have any research about how it's affecting the community overall has anybody done and i'm talking about legitimate research projects here where they would go in and look at crime statistics prior to and where they are health statistics prior to and where they are now uh societal issues uh where they were then and and where they are now education where they were then and where they are now families you know uh, where they were then and where they are now since since legalization. And we probably don't have an, enough time to have a real, I don't know, uh, comprehensive research project done, but having some sort of research done, instead of just, you know, two guys on the radio just saying what our thoughts and our opinions are, is there something of value that's got some sort of research behind it that says, yeah, when you legalize it, these are the positive effects that happen to a community. Or... Or these are the negative effects, and we have this research, and we see this trending in this direction after legalization happened. I, I don't well, know of any. I, you know, I, I'm all I'm all spun up in research every day, and I, I haven't seen anything that's that's been done uh, on these communities. That doesn't mean it doesn't exist. I just haven't seen it. The only city that they, they tend to point to as being uh, an example of the negative impact of legalizing marijuana is Denver. 
But Denver's issue isn't the legalization of marijuana. Denver's issue was some of their policies concerning the homeless downtown that started a few years before uh, they went full legal. And I guess they claim that the legalizing marijuana made that problem worse. But uh, there's also a hell of a crystal meth problem in that city. Uh, there's a, a fairly bad opioid and heroin problem in that city. Uh, so, you know, I, I don't think there is a, a ma- major research project that's been done. That'd be good to know. It, well, it would be, you know. Uh, I, I, I know that uh, there's been research, again, uh, that I've seen on, like I said, veterans with PTSD, the medicinal use uh, of the things I mentioned at the beginning of the of the discussion. Uh, as far as the overall social ills of it, no, I don't know that there has been a single research or project. Or maybe it's not that. social ills. Maybe it's positive. Maybe it's had positive. a positive effect. Right. You know, either way. But, you know, I, I, I like to be fact-based on a lot of these things. And I think if you're going to continue the trend of legalization, then let's do some studies on the places that have been. I mean, you can look at Amsterdam. I don't know. I, I don't know. If they have a total different, uh, you know, po- political system and what have you over there and society, society well, issues that they deal Amsterdam. with over there. Yeah, well, that's what I'm saying. So, yeah. you know, that's probably not applicable. But, I mean, you could look at some of these states now and cities where it's been legalized and see the effect, positive or negative, that it's had. And then you can make some smart decisions going forward as to whether or not it makes sense. One thing I do know, it should be a local issue, and I believe in that. I believe in almost right. every single thing Almost every single decision, with the exception of war and sending troops off, uh, uh, that's a that's a local thing for for people to make in that area. Uh, news break. We'll come right back. More seven four seven. Hey, this is David Van Camp. Stay connected with News Talk five fifty KTSa and FM one zero seven one on Facebook, Twitter, and online at KTSa.com. We were setting record positive numbers. And people would have to come in legally. And you know the other thing that people don't talk about, human trafficking and drugs. That's double, tripled, and quadrupled coming in because that's pouring in right now. Drugs are pouring in. We had it so tight. We were doing so well. All he had to do was leave it alone. Okay, got some quick hits here with Warren Rhyme on KTSA. Willie Nelson wants Biden to call today through the 29th, which is his birthday, Willie's birthday, the uh, high uh, holidays, the high holidays, <laughs> and give everybody uh, the, the time off from work. Governor Ron DeSantis over in Florida is telling people who are moving to Florida, don't vote the stupid way you did when you were up north. Good. Uh, we like to say the same thing. Yesterday, he signed a bill that says if you riot in Florida, you go to prison for a minimum of six months. If you riot, violence, all that kind of stuff, prison for six months, minimum mandatory. Good on him. There's a Texas senator. Her name is Dawn Buckingham. She has a bill in Texas to do the same thing. CNN did a breaking news thing on their Twitter and on their news feed yesterday to report something that Donald Trump predicted last year. They broke in to say that all over 16 can now get the vaccine by April. Now, Donald Trump said that last year. CNN last year, you know, Andy and the boys and Anthony Fauci all said that could never happen. That's an impossibility. We won't get there. There's no way that's going to happen. Trump said, oh, yeah, everybody's going to be able to get the everybody will be eligible by April of next year. Well, CNN broke in to say everybody's eligible now, but they didn't go back and say Trump predicted that last year. Of course not. They got it wrong and they won't pointed out no um you'll love this one uh there was a car chase guy uh pulled out a gun and took a car from one carjacking took a car from her she he takes off down the highway and while he's being chased by cops he's shooting at the cops he stops in the highway he gets out he starts walking toward the cops shooting at them of course they shoot back he's dead BLM shows up, takes a knee, starts one of these protests, you know, because the cop shot and killed somebody out on the highway out there. And then they looked over and went, hey, he's white. Uh, get in a car. <laughs> and they got up and left. <laughs> and they left. They left because there was a white guy who was killed oh, by the man. cops. Wow. And so, time That's to go. okay, in other words. <laughs> <laughs> and finally, speaking of CNN... And MSNBC and ABC and CBS, all of them reported on uh, January 6th 
that Capitol Officer Brian Sicknick was killed by a Trump supporter wielding and a fire extinguisher. Beat him to death about the head and neck. A couple of guys were arrested, took to jail for that. Uh, well, not necessarily for that, but for spraying uh, mace in, in Officer Sicknick's face. And the story, the narrative continued on those channels that I just mentioned. Sicknick was killed by a Trump supporter wielding an extinguisher, right. and people were continued to be rounded up. Came out yesterday. No, it was natural causes. Uh, after it was all over with, he called the family. And that should have been reported. But, of course, they skated right on past that. He called the family. I'm fine. Everything's good. I got sprayed with some junk in my face, but I'm all right. Sat down at his desk, had a stroke, and died right there. Right. CNN got it wrong. MSNBC got it wrong. ABC, CBS, they all got it wrong. And they didn't go back yesterday to fix that once it well, came out that it was natural causes. Because from their perspective, they got it right. <laughs> because the, the narrative is all that matters. And uh, uh, they hope enough morons are out there not paying attention uh, to to uh, the finer details of things, which a lot of people aren't. You know, so I, it doesn't surprise me. I mean, watching that's the hard part right now about watching any televised news or cable news is you got to sift through so much bullcrap to get to the heart of a story or get to the reality of a story. And uh, and that's where I know you do and I do as well. You got to tell people it's like you got to be your own journalist. You really have to be your own journalist, and you have to cross-reference diff- many different sources to get at the heart of a matter. Because, no, they're, never, they're not going to go back and make a big deal out of, uh, uh, well, we were wrong, and he wasn't killed with a fire extinguisher or any of that. Because, again, it doesn't serve the narrative, which is that was an insurrection, and it was uh, all, you know a threat to democracy, and they were going to kill us all, and blah, blah, blah. You know, uh, they have to maintain that. So that's what they're doing. So it doesn't surprise me that they're not going to do any kind of retractions or or come out and try to, uh, uh, you know, uh, say, hey, we got it wrong the first time out. It's not it's not who they are right now. They're propagandists. They're not journalists. American journalism is dead to a certain extent, especially at at least at the national level. And uh, it's it's just it's over. (laughs) It doesn't matter to these people. Their narrative is all that matters. And so. You know, I, I try, and Trump pointed that out last night on the Hannity interview on, on, on a number of occasions. Uh, you know, Biden himself has tried to take credit. Fauci has tried to take credit for the vaccines and the rollout of the vaccines. So, you know, par for the course. <laughs> that's that's uh, news media in, in the America of 2021. You know, most of it's bull crap. you you got to figure it yeah. out on your own. Yeah. That's why juries need to be sequestered, uh, because yeah. this jury has been oh, watching man. all of it. And back in the day when they would sequester, you know, a jury in a hotel, they would take the television out of the hotel, the radio, and they would deliver a newspaper, but it would be all full of holes, kind of like Jefferson's Bible, full of holes, you know. And right. uh, and, and it would just get to see certain stories. Well, now, because of phones, you know, sequestration is a very difficult thing to do unless you yeah. impound people's phones when you lock them up. And that's one of the things that this judge had been referring to. But uh, I, I think what this has done, I think the judge was right in the Chauvin case. The Maxine Waters comments just handed a great appeal to Derek Chauvin. Just handed oh, yeah. it on a silver platter, you know? Yeah. He said it's not enough for a mistrial because uh, we have to trust that the jury, uh, you know, as instructed, are not watching the news. But certainly on appeal, he, he could make that case. And he could actually I – w- I would assume on appeal that Chauvin's lawyer could – interview jurors and and uh, and uh depositions, do depositions where he asks you know did you watch any of this stuff did you hear about maxine waters and what she said you know you get a couple of jurors maybe even one and you probably got enough for an appeal so or you know how much did the did the the, the chance the propensity that america would burn how mm. much of a role did that play in your decision making right right and all you got to do is have one who says yeah, it was in the back of my mind the whole time. Oh, boom, there it is. Okay, got it. Got all I need. Or, or I was afraid for my own life and, and for my family. Yeah, yeah, right. Right. You know, on any kind of ruling. So, you know, he does. He's got plenty of appeal. Uh, I think so. Uh, so we'll see. But wonder when we'll get the verdict. Is it going to be today, uh, tomorrow, next week? How long is it going to take? 
I don't know. We'll see. All right, quick break. More Warren Rhyme on the other side. Uh, you know, at Stevens Roofing, you don't have to wait for the storms to know what the situation is with your roof. You can call Stevens Roofing today, and your family at Stevens Roofing, who has your family covered, will come out and do a free, no-obligation roof inspection on your roof. Free, no-obligation roof inspection. The professionals at Stevens Roofing, they're family-owned, always have been, always will be. They are reputable, reliable, and they are your local roofer. Now, you don't want to do this on your own. Most people don't even know what they're looking for. I'm a pretty handy dude. I'm not real sure what I'm looking for, unless it's super obvious, like the flashing's pulling away, I got a separation on the fascia or something like that. Then I kind of know. But, it, you know, I, I couldn't tell you much other than that. And that's where Stevens comes in with a free, no-obligation roof inspection to take care of you and your home. You can rest assured whether it's composition, standing seam metal, whether it's just some repair work, you're looking for up there whatever that's what they did on my house was repair work stevens roofing has got your family covered no matter what it is that's stevens roofing call them today 